have a Bible, we'll get one into your hands. But I want you to hold your Bibles high. We're going to make our declaration this morning. And again, believe the words coming out of your mouth. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth, and I believe it. It's your personal love letter to me, and I receive it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word. In Jesus' name, no matter what comes my way. Now, Father, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Today, I pray that I would only say what you would have me say and only do what you would have me do. We ask these things today in the name of Jesus, who is the son of the living God, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the one who saved us from our sins. And all who agreed said, amen. And you can have a seat, please. I do want to encourage you, if you're on Twitter and if you're on Facebook, listen, like us on Facebook. We're, we're at about 195 likes on Facebook. By this week, I'd like to push that to 200. Okay, so if you're on Facebook and you go to D2L, there's no reason that you shouldn't be liking D2L. Follow us on Twitter. We ha- I looked this week. We have 11 followers. We have nearly 90, 90 people, people. Who in this room is on Twitter? Hands up. Who in this room is on Twitter? Okay, you should be following D2L. Everyone knows how to find D2L? Just look for our logo. Just look for our logo and start following D2L. And start liking D2L, like D2L, on our Facebook page, okay? Find us real simple. Have you liked us already? Are you following us? No. Okay, you need to follow us on Twitter. Here it is. Well, if you were on Facebook, if you were on Twitter, if you saw anything this week, you might know what I'm going to talk about this morning. But how many of you are... 18 or older in this room, you're going to be voting in your first election. Anyone here voting in your first election? Marissa, you're voting your very first election. That merits a handshake. Let me shake your hand. You're going to make sure you vote, right? You're going to cast your vote. Your vote counts. Anyone else 18 in this room that's going to be voting this week? No. Okay, we have one out of the 50 of you here. That's okay. There's more, they just don't want to raise their hands. All right, hey, listen, what we want to get into this morning, I want to talk to you this morning, and I want to, I want to start a new series, it's going to last a couple weeks. I want to talk to you about responsibility. And you're probably thinking, why are we talking about responsibility? Can we not talk about being responsible? Well, I want to get right into responsibility and where we are as teenagers and where we are as adults in playing the blame game. And so to do that, I'd like you to go back to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis. I want to talk to you about responsibility because as we begin to take responsibility for our actions, we become mature Christians. Listen, we can't just sit around and play church anymore. We need to begin to take responsibility for our actions. In Genesis chapter 3, we're going to pick up in verse 8, but let me just set the stage for you. 
In Genesis chapter 3, God has already created the heavens and the earth. Man and woman have been created. They are walking the earth. They talk to God. In the coolness of the day, they live a wonderful life inside the Garden of Eden. And where we're about to pick up, many of you know the story. Even if you don't come to church, you've heard the story of Adam and Eve, how Eve eats the fruit, passes it on to her husband. Her husband eats the fruit. And what happens is sin now enters the world because Adam and Eve have been disobedient to God. It's not about the fruit. It's the fact that they were disobedient to the command of God. And so if we pick up here in verse 8, And Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to them, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent, he deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle. Now, we don't need to go any further because we get the picture. This is what I want to talk about right here. See, God comes to Adam after Adam disobeys him. God doesn't go looking for Eve. Why? Because God has put Adam in authority, and Eve is his spouse, Eve is his wife. And one of the things, men, that you're going to realize is that you have responsibilities. You get older, you're responsible, not only for yourself, but for your household. And you're responsible for those in your household. So if somebody inside your household does something, God's going to come looking for you saying, hey, why did that happen? And that's what happens here. God comes looking for Adam and says, listen, what's going on? How do you even know you're naked? And what does Adam say? Does Adam own up and and take responsibility? Let me ask you something. Did Adam eat of the fruit? Yes. Yes. Now, we could easily say, hey, you know, there's an excuse here. His wife gave it to him. You know how those girls can be. You know, she deceived him. No. Adam ate of the fruit, right? Right? God came looking for Adam, and what did Adam immediately do? He shifted the blame. Who did he blame? He blamed his wife, Eve. And so God says, Eve, what have you done? And what does Eve say? She blamed the serpent. You know what's interesting in this conversation? There's only three people talking. God, Adam, and Eve. Who's not talking right now? The serpent. Why isn't the serpent passing the blame? He knows he's guilty. The serpent can't deceive God. The serpent is not speaking because he knows he's guilty. And here we are, fast forward to the 21st century. Here we are in the 21st century, and we're still doing the same thing. We're still playing the blame game in our lives. When we make a mistake at school, we want to give an excuse for it. When mom and dad come looking for us because we've done something wrong, we want to give an excuse. Listen, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and my daughter has already learned the blame game. I don't know where she learned it. I don't know how she learned it, but she's already trying to pass the blame. It's something that happens with the sin nature. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they gave up that God nature and they took that sin nature. And the first thing that sin nature wants to do is run and hide from God. How many of you know when you get in trouble, the first thing you want to do is run and hide? Is that anyone else or is that just me? Listen, I had a record in my elementary school for the most attentions a person could have. Now, I was pretty talkative back in those days. Probably still am pretty talkative. 
But I had the most, I had like one year or one semester, I had 22 detentions. Now, every time you got detention, you had to bring a slip home to your parents, and they had to sign it. Listen, after the first time, your dad's like, don't get detention again. Can you imagine the 22nd time coming home? I'm not surprised. <laughs> the 22nd time. It's like, haven't you learned your lesson already? And, I, you know, what I want to do, I got the paper in my bag. I am, like, crying because I have to take the paper out of my bag and hand it to my dad and go before him and say, uh, yeah, listen, I got detention again. I was always getting in trouble. But the first thing we want to do is hide. And then what's the second thing that we want to do? We want to play the blame game. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve hid because they knew they did something wrong. And that's the same thing that's inside of us. And the second thing they did was they didn't want to take responsibility. Here's my question for you this morning. Just think about this personally because in a couple minutes I'm going to give you a chance to talk about it together. What if Adam had taken responsibility for eating the fruit? Do you think, don't answer yet, just as a rhetorical question right now. What if Adam had taken responsibility for eating the fruit? Do you think life for him and his wife and maybe even us would have been a little bit different? Just think about that. I want to give you another story. Turn over to the book of Psalm 51, please. The book of Psalms, chapter 51. Once you get there, just say, I got it. And then look up at me. We're not going to dive right in. I'm going to share some things with you first. So we see that Adam and Eve have not taken responsibility for their actions. I want to give you another story that's parallel. It's very similar, but this individual makes a different decision. If you're in Psalm 51, say, I got it. Okay. I want you to, this week, I want you to go home and read 2 Samuel, the book of 2 Samuel, chapters 11 and 12. Write that down, 2 Samuel 11 and 12, because that is a great story about what we're about to get into. It's a great explanation of what we're going to read here in Psalm 51. 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. In 2 Samuel 11 and 12, what you see is David, who is the king over Judah and Israel, has supposed, was supposed to go out to battle and fight in the war, but he decides that he's going to stay home. Now, that's his first mistake. The second thing that David does is one night he can't sleep, and so he goes up on the roof. And on his roof, across the way, he sees this woman bathing. Now, I don't know why women bathed on the roof back in those days, but all the men weren't supposed to be home anyways. They were supposed to be in battle. So here's this woman bathing. Her name is Bathsheba. Many of you might know this story. David sees that woman. He tells his, his, uh, his commanders that he wants her. He goes and takes her. He commits adultery with her. Then he finds out that she's pregnant as a result of that adultery. So David's a real smart guy. You know what David says? David says to his leading general, find her husband and bring her husband home. So David brings the husband home. He feeds the husband. He says, listen, go and spend some time with your wife. You're working so hard. You're fighting a great battle. Just go and be with your wife for a little while. This guy is so loyal to the army and so loyal to his king that he won't even go home to be with his wife and eat dinner with his wife. He sleeps at David's door. 
outside of the kingdom. He sleeps at the gate. David says, it's going to be impossible to get rid of this guy. I'm not going to be able to cover my sin. He's going to find out that his wife's pregnant. He's going to find out who it's because. So David has another brilliant idea. David says, you know what? He calls back his leading general. He says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this husband. His name is Uriah. I want you to bring him to the hottest battle. Bring him to the front of the hottest battle. And then when he's right out there and you're ready to plunge in, withdraw from him and let them kill him. So David now adds to his adultery murder and Uriah dies. David gives the wife some time to mourn and then you know what he does? He makes her his wife. So now he's legitimate. Okay, I made her my wife. I've covered my sin. The guy's dead. David thinks he's okay. Here's what I want to get to. God, who at this time was speaking by the prophet of Nathan, goes to, Nate, goes to David. And Nathan says to David this analogy. And David says, what? If that has happened in this kingdom, I want you to kill the man that has done that. And Nathan says, you are the man. And what I want you to see now is what we're going to pick up here. The difference between Adam and Eve and the difference between David is David has a heart change. David is actually repentant and does not play the blame game when God comes and calls him on his sin. Psalm 51, let's read together. This is David's cry out at this time. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, God, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you make known wisdom. Purge me with high sap and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. There it is right there. O God, the God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open up my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. A lot of times when we get into trouble, what do we want to do on that? We, when we get caught and we get into trouble, what's our initial reaction? What do we immediately want to do? Huh? Hide. Yeah, we talked about that. Hide. Okay, go ahead. You want to blame somebody? So we want to hide. We want to blame somebody. After that, what do we try to do? Go ahead. Say you're sorry. And what, in saying you're sorry, what are you trying to do? Repent, change your ways, ask for forgiveness. We're trying to make good we're trying to make good for what we've done wrong, right? Isn't that what we do? We try to make good for what we've done wrong. And that's exactly, uh, you know, what David is saying here is to God is that you don't desire the sacrifice. We always try to give a sacrifice. God is looking for a broken, contrite heart. What does that mean? God is looking for the person that when he or she is found out, says, God, forgive me. I've completely blown it. What if Adam and Eve had done that? 
This morning we're talking about growing up and taking responsibility. Because we can't sit around and play church anymore. We can't sit around and just start shifting the blame. If we've done something wrong, we need to accept that responsibility. And we need to take it and say, okay, God, I've done what's wrong. And the difference with David here is that he acknowledges his sin. And he acknowledges that he has wronged God. And if you read 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan tells David, okay, God has put your sin away. Away from you. He has, he's not going to account it against you because of his repentant heart. So what I want you to do this morning is I want you to answer that question now. I want you to turn into groups of three or four, maybe five, and I want you to talk about that question, discuss it a little bit. Would things be different for Adam and Eve, for us? Would things have been different if Adam and Eve had taken responsibility for their actions? Go ahead, take about two minutes, turn together, and begin discussing that. All right, let's get some answers here. Let's get some answers here. Okay. The question was, bring your attention back up here. The question was, would things have been different if Adam and Eve had taken responsibility for their actions? Ladies, what did you come up with? What are your thoughts? Okay, if they took the blame for it, we wouldn't have sin. You know, sin had already entered the world at the time that they did do that. As soon as they disobeyed God, they, they, they did commit sin. And so sin had entered the world. But, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about what, what else could be different. So, we, we, yeah, go ahead. So maybe, maybe they could have stayed in the garden. See, that's an interesting thought. Maybe they could have stayed in the garden of Eden if they had acknowledged their sin. We don't, we don't know, but it's interesting to think about. What did you guys come up with? Um, well, we said if they, you know, they did repent for it, they still would have got punished for being disobedient, but they wouldn't have been as punished because they lied about it. Yeah. And just like one of the verses, verse 16, says to Eve that he will greatly increase the pains of childbirth. And in uh, 17, he says, curses the ground. So Yeah, and again, there's no right answer here. We're kind of talking about what, what could have happened. But I do think it's interesting. Would it have been as great? Now, you guys were all one group? Okay. What did, uh, what did you guys come up with? Yeah. It's interesting because David commits adultery and commits murder, and God forgives his sin. And when you read 2 Samuel 12, by the way, you're going to see there was a consequence for David's sin. You're going to read about that. So you guys are right. There still would have been a consequence. Maybe it wouldn't have been extreme. That's a great answer. What about you? What different groups do we have here? We have all one group back here? Okay, what did you ladies come up with? Okay, same thing. Consequence wouldn't have been as bad. What did you ladies come up with? Still punished, still consequence, but slightly different. What else have we got here? Listen up, listen up now. Turn this way, Arthur. So maybe he would have given them more help along the way. Okay, what did you ladies come up with? When they ate from the tree, they gave up their God-made nature. Yep. 
Okay. Okay, so we're all pretty much on the same line. God would have forgiven, but there still would have been a great consequence. What did you guys come up with? Um, well, Victoria said, like, uh, whether they repented or not. Yeah, like, they, they, the they already did the action, so it doesn't matter. Like, they'd be punished just, just the same. Just the same, so it would have been the same. And that's an excellent point. That's what I was going to do next is bring it home. You know, we talk about, we'll talk about a couple of situations. Were you part of their group? Yeah. Okay. Who else? Joey and Arthur and... They still did it. So, so let's talk about that. Haven't there been times in your life when you've done something wrong and, and, you, and mom and dad call you on it and you acknowledge, you know what, I've been wrong? Haven't there been times, well, have there been times where they have lessened the consequence because you didn't lie? Who's had that experience? Okay. Haven't there also been times where, what Zach said, you're, you're, you might have a curfew, you break the curfew or you do something wrong and the consequence isn't lessened? Is it, we've also had those times. That's why I'm saying I don't think there's a real clear-cut answer here. But I, when we look at David, we see where God has forgiven David. But what you're going to find out is there is still a consequence for David's sin. And we talked about that over the summer. There are always consequences for every action of disobedience. And there's always a consequence for every action of obedience. And so we have to learn to take responsibility. By the way, let's define that word. Or let's talk about some synonyms for that word. What does that word mean to you, responsibility? What would you say that word means? Okay, go ahead. Okay, taking responsibility for your own actions. Good. What else, might it, what else, what else do you think it means? Responsibility. To be responsible. Go ahead. Being a leader. Accountability. Good. What else? Okay, Zach. Guidelines that you're supposed to follow. Okay. What else might responsibility mean? When you look up responsibility and you use the thesaurus, does everyone know what a thesaurus is? It gives you synonyms, words that are different that mean the same. And there are three words that come up. Listen to these. Blame, fault, and guilt. Responsibility. Blame, fault, and guilt. So responsibility is where the blame lies, where the guilt lies. That's what responsibility is. And you know something that's not just on the negative. We need to be responsible for everything we do, no matter what we do. And so we just talked about taking responsibility for our actions. The next thing that I want to talk to you about this morning comes from Proverbs 31.8. Please turn over to Proverbs 31. By the way, what is Tuesday? Tuesday, November the 6th, we already talked about it, is... Election Day. I want to talk to you a little bit about politics this morning because as we get into this next thing, what we're going to talk about in Proverbs 31.8 is beginning to take responsibility for others. Proverbs 31.8, when you're there, say, I got it. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Let me read that again. Open your mouth for the speechless, in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Now listen, Noah's going on a mission trip. Where's Epiphany? 
Epiphany, you went on a mission trip earlier this year, right? Who else has gone on a mission trip before? Arthur? Okay. Let me ask the three of you. Did you have to step out of the comfort of your home, of your school, of your life to go to a foreign land, maybe a third world country, maybe, maybe even somewhere here in this nation? Did you have to step out of what you were doing to go there and do that? You had to make a decision to do that, right? You had to get out of your comfort zone, right? Can I ask the three of you, Epiphany, why did you do that? I just wanted to serve other people. You wanted to serve other people. Arthur, why did you do that? What other people don't have that you have? You've gone once or gone twice. Why? Okay, called to be a blessing to kids who don't have anything. You know, part of the mandate of Christ is not just that we get saved and be fat, dumb, happy Christians sitting here at church on a Sunday morning, but that we go and be the light of the world. Isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus told us to go and be the light of the world. And so we need to begin, once we take responsibility for ourselves, we need to begin taking responsibility for others. Proverbs 31 says, listen, open your mouth for the speechless. Who are the speechless in our world right now? Just give me some ideas. Who are the speechless in our world? Yeah, Mr. Ken, what is it? Unborn children. You know, right here I have abortion written. It is our job to open our mouths for those who can't speak for themselves. Who are some others who can't speak? Now, I might be talking theoretically, not directly, not, not exactly speech, but who are some others who can't speak for themselves? Epiphany. The poor. Who might need someone to come alongside them. Who, who else is the speechless? Who else might be the speechless? Epiphany again? Say again? Oh, in the election specifically. So, so educating people who don't know what's going on. Zach, did you have? Oh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Christian, uh, Christians. Christians? Get ridiculed in public schools if you're trying to bring up our religion. But, yeah, in private schools as well. But when you try to mix in any other religion, then let it go because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you, Zach. You know, the Christians have really become the silent ones. And we need to be the ones speaking out. And it's interesting, too. The Bible tells us here, and then Jesus affirms it. Jesus said when he came to this earth, listen, you guys might be confused. No one's going to take my life from me. I'm giving my life, and I have power to take it back. And that's been given to me by God. And then he goes on to say, listen, just as I have done, you should do. And you should love your neighbor as I have loved you. You should love one another as I have loved you. Listen, it is time that we begin to take a stand. Number one, we can't be concerned about others. We can't even reach others. We can't even be taking responsibility to help other people until we begin taking responsibility for ourselves. If we do good and we're going to be proud of ourselves and accept responsibility for doing good, then when we do bad, we need to accept that what we've done is wrong and receive forgiveness and grace from God. And once we begin taking responsibility for our actions, studying before the test, doing your homework, making decisions that are right. Your curfew is early. You, you, all your friends get to stay out later. You still choose to honor your father and mother and come home at the appropriate time. All those little things, that's taking responsibility. And as you begin to do that, 
God will open the door for you to take responsibility for others. There are people your age, there are people younger than you who are founding causes right now. They've heard about a cancer that destroyed their family member. And as a result, they made a cause. They made a cause. They took responsibility. And you know, that's what's so interesting to me about politics. And that's kind of what's annoying at this point is when a politician or politi politicians take office and say, listen, you know, this is not our problem. We inherited this problem. There's got to be something inside of us that rises up and says, listen, this is for the greater good. Maybe we didn't create this problem, but for the sake of all, we're going to take responsibility and we're going to get it done. Jesus didn't create the mess of sin, did he? Just follow me for a second. Jesus did not create the sin mess that we're in, but he came out of heaven. He gave up the streets of gold. He gave all that up. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for their sin. That is so crazy. That is so far beyond our understanding. And Jesus tells us to do the same thing that he has done. Go out and take responsibility for others. If there are things that you don't like in your school, why are you walking by that kid that's getting picked on? Why are you letting that bully run your school? Why? Speak. Make a difference. When you step out and you begin to stand, that's what we have to do in these last days as Christians. We're going to have to stand. We talked about that over the summer. But we need to be taking responsibility first for ourselves and then taking responsibility for others. And that's exactly what Jesus has called us to do. I want you to go back into your groups. And we're gonna, I have two more questions for you. Do you guys have those questions for the, for the presentation? Okay. Here's the two questions I want to ask you. What are some ways you can begin taking responsibility for others? We just talked about some things that you could do in school, some things you could do at home, some things you could do with your family. And uh, we'll just, okay, so here's the next one. Actually, just do the first one first. Turn in your groups and we'll talk about that. Go back to the same groups you were in. We'll talk about that answer and then we'll go to the second question. So what are some ways you can begin taking responsibility right now for others? Okay. Let's get some answers. All right, bring your attention back up here. We've got a few more minutes. We're going to wrap up. Bring your attention back up here. Let's get some answers now about how we can be responsible and take responsibility for others. Okay, what did you, what did you ladies come up with? Okay, you, yep, listen up. Hold on. Okay, so first thing is, again, take responsibility for yourself, and then you can begin taking responsibility for others. That's the main point today. Good. Okay, so you're talking about really on a personal setting, how you could take responsibility for others, maybe by encouraging them if they're down or giving them advice. Good. What did you guys come up with? I really, I almost feel like we could spend an entire day on that first part of what you guys said that, you know, the world, they don't know how to take responsibility for the mistakes that they've made. So they turn to other things. 
we as Christians can step in and help them and say, listen, that's not going to help. But turning to the Lord, turning to God, turning to Jesus will help. And then we often abuse that. And we think, oh, I don't need to take care of that. I don't need to repent right now of that because I know that God will always be there. That's an excellent point. Did you guys have anything else or is that good? That's good. How about you ladies? Can you, can you give me an example? That sounds good. Um, let's say somebody gets blamed for like breaking something and it wasn't them. So, and they don't have like the courage to stand up for themselves. And like say it wasn't them. So you can kind of help them out to stand up for themselves in a way. I think that's a great point. That's part of the thing that I wanted to talk about, too, because, like, we can't just take the blame for people when they've totally blown it. And I'm not telling you guys to do that. But Jesus literally said, okay, you guys get yourself into the mess of sin. And that's what he did, Anna. He came and he helped us out and get out of that. So it's an excellent point. What else? What did you ladies come up with? Okay, very good. If they can't stand up for themselves, you can help them stand up for them. Yes. Okay. How many of us are actually willing to stand up for somebody who's getting bullied? You guys are stronger than me. Good. You should. You should. Good. What do we have here? Um, we said acknowledging people, um, going back to helping those who are silent, um, making them feel better, um, not ignoring them. I remember in high school, we always had so many kids that, you know, no one, you know, they picked on them, but then they were still sort of like, you know, but people just ignored them. And those kids get so lost, don't they? So just acknowledging people. Look at that. Look at that. Everyone think right now of the hallway in your school. Even if the hallway of your school is your home, okay? If your home, it doesn't matter. Is there somebody in that area that's being ignored? Is there somebody on your street, a kid that's a shut-in in your street that's being ignored? It's uncomfortable, but you can step out and begin to acknowledge them. That's a great point. What about you ladies? Being responsible for yourself, like being a leader or a role model or example just for everyone. Mm -hmm. So while you're being responsible for yourself and checking your actions, you can be responsible for others. That's an excellent point. So while you're just doing what you're supposed to do, you're being an example to others, and therefore you're taking responsibility for it. That's a great point. That's being the light. Good. What did you gentlemen come up with? Okay, so you see someone being shunned and you can help them, show them how to handle a situation that they don't feel equipped to handle. That's a great point. How about you guys over here, this large group right here? What'd you come up with? Um, so, Isaac had said, like, start causes and just raise awareness and maybe raise money. Um, but Allie and Victoria had said, like, you don't even have to do that because there's not many people who are going to be willing to sacrifice that much of their time to do that. So just doing things on smaller scales, but maybe in larger number of people. Okay. So that will kind of like, just, um, it's going to do the same thing. It's just not going to take as much effort. So the first thing which, you, which I brought up is, is a great point, raising awareness through things like causes, which some of you in this room, believe it or not, you have the power to do that. Some of you have that talent. You have that ability. Okay? And then just on a normal level, just doing small things that are going to leave a big impact. And that could be one-on-one. -on -one. See, the thing is, is it doesn't take much. It could be one-on-one. -on -one. Jesus changed the world with 12 people. Okay? 
12 people. You have more than 12 friends. Okay, you guys. Owning up when you're wrong. So how many, that happens a lot. When you get somebody else in trouble and you're the one that started it and you're not getting in trouble, what should you do at that point? You should own up and say, you know what? That was my fault. That's a good point. Did you have anything else or is, that's good. No, that's great. That's an excellent point. These are all great points. Last question I want you to discuss today. Go ahead, Chris, bring it up. Here it is. This is the key. This is the clincher. How could the problems of our country, forget the world right now, our country be better, be better resolved if people began taking responsibility for their actions? All right, everyone's lit up and ready to talk about this one. Go, five minutes. Now, by the way, time out, time out. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear any name-calling, finger-pointing. I don't want to hear any of that. I'm talking about overall, okay? No, no politician's name. I don't want any of that. I want to talk about overall. How could we be better as a country if we all began taking responsibility? We'll talk in generalities this morning. No, you can say politicians, but just don't, you know, in your group you might be able to talk about
All right, you guys ready? We need another minute, are you ready? Another minute? Okay. All right. All right. Let's begin here. Let's go through and get some answers. All right, ladies, what did you come up with? So maybe economics would be different. Maybe our, maybe our country wouldn't be in such of a financial mess, trillions of dollars of debt, if, if people took more responsibility. That's an excellent answer. Gentlemen, what'd you come up with? Hmm. You want the clean house, you do everything you can to get there, but you don't look at the actual issue. So it's kind of like moving around it, try not to move around it, and say you're going to do one thing and don't do it. So it's getting left behind, even though you want to get to a good spot, which is important, you're still leaving it behind on the defect that's stopping it. So even as a nation, we're trying to get to the greater good, but we're not looking at those areas that are in darkness, those unclean rooms that are, not, that are inhibiting us from getting to the greater good. That's excellent. What did you ladies come up with? This is an excellent point. She's saying that if, if and look at that, if, if the people who run our country would just take responsibility for what they're saying and what they're doing, that would be an example for us. Imagine if through this campaign, which has been one of the most negative, they both made a decision and all the senators and all the representatives and all the governors, what if they all made a decision for the greater good? to have no negative campaigning, not one word of slander, but making the decision to run a clean race. Wouldn't that change the way you and I perceive them? Wouldn't it change the way that we talk about them? That's an excellent point, excellent job. What about you ladies here? Absolutely. And that's again, 
Again, if we acknowledge, hey, we didn't get ourselves into this mess, but let's take responsibility. Let's work together to get it done. Good. What did you guys come up with? Okay, okay, so not just knowing what you're doing is wrong. I got you. Not just, a lot of people know what they're doing is wrong, but to take that next step and not do it and take responsibility because it is wrong. Okay, if we all began doing that, yeah, we might live in a different nation. How about you ladies back here? Excellent point. It's excellent. Gentlemen? So people are killing each other for no reason. Maybe if people just opened up and talked about what the problem is. Okay talked about what the problem is, then they wouldn't have the time. Let's just finish out here. Finish strong. Here we go. What do we got? Uh, so Kevin had said, um, if the president maybe takes responsibility for their actions, it doesn't matter if, like, if you follow him or not. You're going to look up to him as a leader, even if you're not like in support of everything he does. But if he takes that first step to maybe admitting that he was wrong or admitting that what we're doing is wrong, people will follow in his actions and it might be inversely like maybe through their friend who got it from the president mm -hmm. because we have no matter what we need to have someone who's going to be able to guide us and that's I think just across the board, no matter what level you're in, if you're a kid, if you're an adult, if you're a leader in any capacity, just saying, I was wrong, let's do what we need to do to fix it. That is big. That will change the world. And finally, you guys right here. That's an excellent point. If we took responsibility for others' actions, we wouldn't ignore the problems. We'd begin finding ways to fix them. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we ask that you would move right now by the power of your Holy Spirit in every heart and every life here, in every family situation, in every school situation. Lord, you know everything that's going on right now, and I thank you for that in the name of Jesus.